0: Listening to The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks related content. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks related content. I'm your host, Troy, and don't forget to hit that notification bell so you stay updated with all of our latest episodes. This is the post game show for the Orlando Magic against the New York Knicks, where we saw the New York Knicks beat the Orlando Magic 115 to 102. There are a couple of reasons why the Knicks won this game. Some players that I really liked, uh, a couple of players that I didn't think played their best tonight, and a couple of other uh, key points that I want to discuss going into the game against the Charlotte Hornets on Wednesday. But let's talk about it. The New York Knicks This Knicks team has been incredibly fun to watch. I think I've heard people on Twitter and some other areas saying that the Knicks have an elite but boring defense. I'm a little confused by that, but let's just break it down. Bored or boring. Am I bored with watching this New York Knicks team? No, not at all. I get to watch... JB Cook every night, more or less. I see Randall playing in better position, catching the ball in the right way, not holding it for too long, making the right pass, making the right play, encouraging his teammates, being a leader out there. During the game last night, and he's one of my key players of why we won last night's game. He said to Jalen Brunson, JB, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. That man was Julius Randle. Randall has been playing like a man possessed in these last few games. He does not look like the Randall from last year. Let's get that straight. He is looking phenomenal. Making the right play, making the right pass, making the right read, finding his teammates, encouraging his teammates, being that leader that we always needed him to be. And this Julius Randle has bought in to this New York Knicks team this year alongside Jalen Brunson. That's just clear. Let's just go to his stats because that's another eye-opener there. And then we'll talk about what we saw. But Julius Randle played 34 minutes last night. 25 points. 12 rebounds. 4 assists. 10 of 19 from the field. 2 of 9 from 3-point range. So we got to clean that up and get that higher. And 3 of 5 from the free throw line. The only complaint about Julius's Randall game that you can make from yesterday would have to be his three-point percentage. The three was falling when we needed it to for those two times that we really needed those buckets. But you shot nine threes and you missed seven of them. That's not a high efficiency rate. So I like you shooting them, Julius. And if you're open, go ahead, shoot it. I guess that's what the coach is you know, promoting these days. But at the same time, If you shot it seven times and you didn't make it in, maybe just take it to the rack and make a few baskets that way. And then, you know, try again from outside and see if you can hit it. I'd rather you do that than, you know, try to keep shooting your way out of the three and missing so many times. But I think he will clean up that efficiency and he will get it higher. I said it this season, I'd like to see it around 37%. If he can get it around that, he will be a legit threat. People will have to close in on him. And that leaves a huge lane open in the paint. So that was the stats and what the stats told us about Julius Randle. What did we see? Hmm? What did we see from Julius Randle? Passion, leadership, effort. Effort has to be the biggest thing that I can say. And so that passion as well, too. He's fired up. He's firing up his guys. He does not want to lose. He's committed. He's focused. He's not trying to play hero ball and do it all himself. You can tell he trusts his teammates. He really trusts Jalen Brunson. And he knows when he runs down the court or he plays hard and aggressive down the other end and he's jetting back or running back, he's going to get rewarded. Why? Because your point guard is Jalen Brunson and he has high IQ and he's going to find you. And that's what was happening. Julius Randle has been sprinting, running up the court like I've never seen him before. He's not languishing in the backcourt, arguing with referees. He is jetting up the, the floor, jetting up there, trying to make sure he is in position to make the right play so his defense is set. So that way, the opposing team cannot run past him. That's what I've been seeing. He tried his best, although he did get blowed by a little bit. Bonchero, again, is real. I think Bonchero will be an all-star next year. He's just too good. But Julius Randle was playing him, and he was playing him pretty physical. Now, Julius Randle didn't win that battle a lot. He got called for a couple of fouls, and he had five yesterday when the game closed. But at the end of the day, he held his own against Bonchero, who was a high-usage Magic player who he knew was going to get a lot of shots. And he held him under control for a little bit. I mean, Bonchero, this is 20-plus. Don't get me wrong. He's just that good of a scorer. He's just that good of a player but he could have easily dropped 40 had Randall not played any defense. So, you know, Randall did definitely play defense. I don't want to hear that Randall doesn't play defense. He plays defense. If you don't see any defense this game, you weren't watching it. Go watch the game back and watch my man Julius play not only on offense, but on defense. That's what it's always been about with Julius. An overall, all-rounded effort is all the Knicks fans want to see. If you do that, do that consistency and do it with joy, with fun, with passion, like we're seeing Julius. The fans will embrace you again. They'll love you again. And to be honest, I think everybody is about to have a love affair with Julius Randall because you're not going to have a blind eye to all this passion, intensity, and leadership. You can't just look away from it. It's so engaging to watch, to see, to enjoy. Julius Randall was a masterpiece last night, if he had increased, if he had increased his three point efficiency to around 37%, maybe made five of nine, four of nine, I would have said he had a masterclass game going two for nine kind of, you know, switches it to a masterpiece type of game. But you know, still, again, a very solid, good game from Julius Randle, again, who I think has probably been the best New York Knicks player throughout all of these games in terms of positioning understanding your role and understanding what you need to do day in and day out on that floor. Very huge props to Julius Randle, But we can't forget his running mate. We can't forget our point guard. We can't forget the tone setter. We can't forget the person that whenever we're down now, I don't have a worry anymore. I'm not, I'm not in fear. I'm not jumping out of my seat. I'm not yelling at my TV. Why? Because we got Jalen Brunson at the point. Calm, cool, collected, crafty, passionate, doesn't care whose night it is. All your point guard and Jalen Brunson wants to do is win. However, that's achieved doesn't matter he just wants to win he's a dog out there he's physical he fights he scraps he gets other players involved while also being so high IQ inside the paint with his craftiness that he can get over you around you anywhere and a lot of people forget this in terms of two-point shooting inside the paint shooting he is one of the league leaders last season I think only behind drew holiday and think about who else is up there in terms of you know mid-range efficiency chris paul devin booker kawhi leonard these are some players who are dominant from mid-range and you can make the argument that jalen brunson is one of those players and he's been proving it to you let's talk about the stats and then talk about what we saw so some of the stats for our point guard in Jalen Brunson, he played 33 minutes last night, scored 21 points, three rebounds, six assists, went eight for 16 from the field, two of four from three-point range, and hit all, of his three, uh, hit all of his free throws. Again, efficient. He's not flashy. He's not going to do the John ja Morant stuff that you want to see in Memphis. If you want to see that stuff, turn that game on, and you can watch Jago go superhuman like he was last night. He went off against the Nets. And by the way, uh, shout out to the Nets who lost another game, by the way, to the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Just wanted to... uh... Oh, man. I thought Jalen Brunson played an amazing game. You saw his leadership out there. You saw him talking to Randall. You saw him talking to Barrett. You saw him encouraging his guys when they weren't making shots or they were missing or they weren't in the right position because at the end of the day, you have to move on. Here's one of the biggest things about Jalen Brunson's leadership that you need to know. The Magic were making a run in that third. They actually even took the lead from us in the third. Most Nick fans, like myself, remember third quarter of Doom from last season, where we just could not get the third quarter going for us. I thought that was going to happen again. And a lot of Knicks fans, again, may have been nervous. Not me. Because Jalen Brunson was in the game, and he had the ball. And I knew he was going to make things happen, make the right play, because he's just too high IQ. And guess what happened? The Knicks ran off about 10 more points. And we, we, not only did we regain the lead... But then going into the fourth, we pushed the lead to the highest that it possibly was at around 14 to 15 points. Why? Because again, Jalen Brunson was at the helm. This is a different Knicks team. The second he touched that ball, it felt different. And from what I'm seeing, they look different. They look together. I'm not worried so much when they're in these situations right now in terms of close game. Because we have Jalen Brunson. And I know Jalen Brunson is the savior. He's not going to do this every night. But what he is going to do is be a solid point guard and an efficient point guard each and every night, like he was last season. He's doing the same thing this season, just turned up a little bit. And I'm listening to it. And I'm watching it. And I'm seeing all of this. I'm highly impressed with the play of Jalen Brunson, what he's done, and how well he's fit in with this Knicks team. His chemistry with this Knicks team is a little surreal. It looks like he's been playing there since last year. They have openly accepted him into the offense, openly accepted him as a leader, and you can see that he's accepted that role. He even said in the postgame, it's a hard job, and he takes it seriously. But because he takes it seriously is why he thrives in that role. Jalen Brunson has been everything the New York Knicks could have wanted and a point guard. What an amazing signing. His contract already looks extremely valuable and he's only going to get better because he's getting into his prime. Imagine Jalen Brunson probably has another tier on top of what we're seeing and we haven't seen it yet. Just think about that. He hasn't even hit his ceiling. JB is too damn smooth and I love it and I love that we can say He's our point guard. We saw a couple of players yesterday that did very well, too. Uh, Cam Reddish, I thought, played well in limited minutes, 14 minutes. Obi Toppin, same thing, played well in limited minutes, 14 minutes. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein played very well uh, in 18 minutes. I think, uh, let me look at his stats really quick. Seven points and nine rebounds during his time in 18 minutes, which is very good. It's even better if you compare it to our starting center who played 30 minutes in Mitchell Robinson, had 14 points and six rebounds. Now, for me, he also had three blocks, by the way. I should put that out there. And of course, he has blocks he's Mitch, and I love it. And that's why we have Mitch. He defends the paint, and he did that. He didn't get outplayed. He defended the paint, and he did everything he could against Orlando's bigs. He got boxed out a lot. So that's why he didn't get a lot of those rebounds. And, you know, some of these centers and power forward to play center for the Magic can shoot the three. So they're dragging Robinson all the way out there. If you're doing that, he's not going to be in the paint to grab those bounds. So you can't really hold him to that standard. A lot of the time, at least in this game, I would say. But I will agree, your starting center, who plays 30 minutes, shouldn't only get to six bounds. Your backup should not have out-rebounded you by playing 12 minutes less. Double-double. Mitch, you are too good and too talented to not at least average a double-double this season. Points should be easy for you because you're going to eat inside, especially because of your offensive rebounding capabilities. But your rebounding has also been, you know, excellent in preseason and, you know, throughout the other seasons. And I'm expecting a double-double because it was eight rebounds average before, nine rebounds average before. You're close to 10. I thought this year coming into camp healthy, in shape, the right way, no injuries, no rehabbing, that you were going to be able to do that. And I still think you can. I think you just have to step it up and make sure that you play locked in and focused on both ends of the floor so you can get that done. And I absolutely think Mitchell Robinson can do it. You guys are going to kill me for this. I know it, but I don't care. One thing about me, I call it like I see it. R.J. Barrett looked horrific. In that first half, you can come to me and tell me anything you want to do about the second half. Here's my counter to that: If I'm your employer and you work for me, and at the end of the day you tell me, "Oh yeah, I worked great for four hours, and then the other four hours I didn't do as well," I'm gonna fire your ass. I pay you to work. Let's say this my analogy: eight hours. If you're not working and doing what you need to do for those eight hours, There's going to be a problem. You're not going to have a good day. That's just fact. R.J. Barrett looked atrocious in that first half. He was one of nine from the field. He made questionable passes. His defense was subpar. He was getting beat by his man, blown by. When he switched on Wendell Carter, he got beaten and eaten going to the rim. That's just what happened. I'm not going to sit here and defend somebody who is doing these type of things. I'm not going to do that because if Randall did this, I would be on him. If Cam did this like he did in preseason, I was on him. I would have been on him. IQ. I destroyed IQ for what he did in preseason and what he did in Memphis. Destroyed him. But I gave him a lot of praise last post game. And I'm going to give him a nod during this game as well in a little bit, but. IQ is getting better. R.J. Barrett made his first three or first threes of the season in this game against the Magic. And by the way, he's been shooting threes in every game. He just hasn't made any. That's something to be concerned about. He's not finishing at the rack as often or as much as we'd like something to worry about. You know why he's not finishing at the rack? Because all of his offensive game at the rack is, is like a television show that you've watched a thousand times. You know what's going to happen. There's no fakes. There's no stops. There's no potential passes. There's no you know, potential fake outs. It's run, 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 two-step, throw it to the top, off the glass, and watch it fall in. After four times, I've seen it enough. I know you're going to do it. it doesn't matter if you're going right or left. I know once you pick a direction, you're not going to fake me. You're just going to do it. He needs to add other nuances to his game, especially if he wants to be a better closer at the rack. Because if you're going to continue doing the same thing, you're going to get beat. You should at least go to the line and try to get a foul if you have a couple defenders around you or find the open man. His passing was very questionable. Now I will give it to him. In the second half, he did turn it up. He had the highest plus minus on the team at plus 22. I realized that as well. And Plus mines, as you know, is my favorite stat. He was hitting his shots, making the right passing, making the right reads, taking smart shot selections, and making sure that no matter who he was up against, that he was calm, he was cool, and he was gonna make the right shot. Not when he was under pressure, not when he was in traffic, not when people were coming at his face in droves, not when he was double teamed. He waited till he was open. And we needed it at the time because the Magic were making a run. So R.J. Barrett's three barrage, the mini barrage he had in the end of the third, definitely helped us. And it helped us come back and lead this game and keep that lead going into the fourth. So a lot of props to R.J. Barrett for making those threes. And he also played very good defense as well, too, in that second half, which is why, again, he is a plus 22. His final stat line for the night, is 38 minutes, 20 points, six rebounds, one assist, seven of 19 from the field, and he is three of seven from three point range. So he hit three of them this game. So that's good, and uh, three turnovers during this game as well too. RJ Barrett needs to show me more. I don't care. 107 million guaranteed. 120 million with incentives. You can't be okay with this play. This play looks similar to last year. You're okay with RJ Barrett looking similar to last year? Listen, I'm not going to kill him. I know his three games. I know he gets off the slow starts. I get it. You don't have to tell me this. I've been a fan too, just as long as you probably have been. I know my history. I know my Knicks. I don't like what I'm seeing. This is a post-game show. Again, we're talking about the game we just saw, not what we hope to happen, not what we want to happen, not which players are our favorite. We're talking about what happened during that game. And what happened during that game? R.J. Barrett let us down that first, came back and played a good second half, but it's still not enough from a player like R.J. Barrett, who we're considering or should be considering to be the first option on this team. He doesn't look like the first option on this team. He looks like the third option on this team. Cam Reddish, his backup, outplayed him in that first half. And if Cam had any more minutes in the second half, he would have outplayed him in the second half too. That's just my two cents on it. RJ Barrett, I need more from you, young man. This is not going to cut it. And I'm going to get at you every single game I see stuff like this until I see it corrected. I want to rock with you. I want to cheer for you. I want you to be an all-star. But just like Cam in preseason, I said it. You have to give me something to bite my teeth into. You have to give me something to root for. A three-point barrage at the end of the third, going into the fourth, and then in garbage, not really garbage time, but toward the end of the game when we didn't really need your scoring anymore because we more or less had the win locked in. That's not going to cut it. I need to see you consistent for 48 minutes. IQ. While you also looked for your pass yesterday and you did what you needed to do in terms of finding the open man and trying to make better reads in that regard, your offensive game was still non-existent. No points yesterday. zero five from the field. You didn't shoot that much. I guess that's okay. But you played 23 minutes, only got five shots up. Eight assists, which is very good. I'm glad you have the eight assists. But, you know, eight assists, six rebounds, zero points in 23 minutes. It's an okay line, but no points from your point guard, your first guard off the bench. That's not going to cut it. So I have a little bit of praise for quickly because he does seem to understand now that he has to get others involved, especially when he's on the floor, because he can always get his shot. It's about making sure other people get their shot. They feel comfortable, confident, and they're playing the game that they need to play to help us win and secure or keep that lead that we have when that second unit comes in. So quickly does have a big and an important job to deal with when he comes in. So I need to see more from him than what I saw yesterday. But I'm very encouraged by what I've seen from quickly the last two games. R.J. Barrett's only impressing me for a few, maybe a few quarters. Not a full game yet. The only game he's impressed me from start to finish was that game against Detroit where we blew them out. Other than that, those other games against Memphis and now Orlando. They've been subpar for Barrett. I need to see more. The New York Knicks will be facing off against the Charlotte Hornets on Wednesday at 7:30 Eastern Standard Time. That's gonna be a good game. Charlotte is pretty injured right now. They don't have that many players on the docket. And if if my understanding is correct, I don't think they even have LaMelo still. Or maybe Lamelo came back. I have to check that out. But either way. The Charlotte Hornets are not as strong of a team as they were last season. Heavily due to, you know, Bridges not really being there. I don't want to talk too much about Bridges because, you know, a lot of allegation things going on there. And I'm just that's just not my scene. I, I don't like things like that. So I just want to go past that and just say that the Hornets, again, I believe are a weaker team this year, given that they are a weaker team this year. I think that the New York Knicks should win this game against the Hornets. I don't know what the final score is going to be. I think it might be closer than we think. But I do still see the Knicks eking out a win against this Hornets team. And by the way, the Knicks have to beat this Hornets team. Because it might just be the last easy win in their schedule. After the Hornets, they play the Milwaukee Bucks. And then they play the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's their next two games after this Wednesday's game at 7.30 Eastern time against the Charlotte Hornets. Those are going to be incredibly intense and tough games. I hope and want the Knicks to win both of them. I hope the Knicks win the game on Wednesday and both of those uh, future games against the Bucks and the Cavs it'd be great. I'd be celebrating, happy, ecstatic. Hold up. Bucks are a legit contender for finals this year, especially when Middleton comes back. And the Cavaliers, I said it. I think that they are the sleeper team in the East, and I have them being in the top three once the season is finished in terms of the East. So I think they are a very good team, and that team is scary. So it's going to be a true test to see what we can do against this Cavs team that has now Donovan Mitchell. It's going to be the first time we see him. I can't wait to see that and what that's going to look like. But for right now, Knicks fans, I appreciate you rocking with me. I appreciate you checking out this post-game show between the Orlando Magic and the New York Knicks that saw the New York Knicks defeat the Orlando Magic. Again, final score, 115 New York, 102 for the Orlando Magic. It's been a great post-game, guys. Don't forget to like subscribe, and follow us. Until next time, Nick fans. Peace. Listen to new episodes of The Nick's Recap streaming every Friday.